0: Make sure when you're to the showing stage, they are a transactional buyer.
1: You should not have to show more than 10 houses to generate an offer.
0: Put them in the right bucket. Maybe they're an aspirational research buyer. You're out there showing houses when they're not transactional.
1: You really shouldn't be looking at more than five houses per day. I have a question to start the episode off. Okay.
0: Where do you think agents waste the most time showing
1: houses? Don't waste time showing houses. What we're going to talk about today is just making sure when you are doing your showings, you're efficient. And this can be so frustrating sometimes because you can kill a whole day, not be able to get your head back in the game. Stuff piles up just by doing showings for half a day. It can ruin ruin a whole day and even maybe go to the next one. So you know, we're real big here at the Agent Bridge on making sure you're doing things efficiently and effectively so that you can maintain your business, even when you're having to do the customer service aspects of it. So, um, and let's just be honest, showing day can be nerve wracking because you're trying to uh, lead clients to the right property. You're going to have to be organized. You've got to set things up right. You are in the driver's seat. Literally, you are the guide Um, and most of the time people are going to be following you in the car that can be stressful because you're just like, I'm, I'm the navigator and, and, you know, having to open up the door and simultaneously trying to sell the house. And so we're going to talk about these things that ensure that you're going to have an efficient, successful showing day that doesn't completely kill your week, right. Or kill the day and, or two days after. So, uh, before we get in, of course, make sure that you like subscribe. Um, we do have a t-shirt offer. If you give us a Google business review, which is in the show notes, you can get a free t-shirt. We sent a few of those out in this past week and a reminder about six figure real estate school. We're starting off our, uh, October cohort. If you don't know about six figure school, look in the show notes. Um, it's an eight week camp for people who want to make, uh, six figures, multiple six figures in real estate. And we're excited to get this new cohort. in. we've already got a couple of people in there. And we're gonna fill that class. So join us. The
0: agentbridge.com slash course. It That's also right. being
1: the That's right. So uh, so yeah, make sure you guys sign up for that.
0: Yeah. So um I have a question to start the episode off. Okay. Where do you think
1: agents waste the most time showing houses? It's in not setting the rules or the client expectations up front. What so many agents do is they let the clients run the show and they'll go. Well, what do you guys want to see? When do you want to see it? And if you start to approach it from that, you're always going to be on your heels and you're going to always be at the mercy of these people whenever they want to look at a house or um, I, we want to go look at 20 houses today, which doesn't even make sense. And so you've, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, but you've got to lay out how this works. And that's what we're going to cover today, laying out the rules and, and organizing it in such a way that it's going to be like, you, you're going to leave. That day, hopefully, with a sold house. So, and, and and let me just lay this out: you should not have to sell, or sorry, you should not have to show more than ten houses to generate an offer. If you do, most likely the cause is that you were being inefficient, or it not, or non, or you weren't being a good guide to your buyers. And um, so we're going to talk about why that is and get into the philosophy. And you may disagree with that. uh, Or you didn't
0: properly put them in the right bucket. Maybe they're an aspirational research buyer. You're out there showing houses when they're not transactional. Right. That could certainly be it as well. So make sure when you're to the showing stage, they are a transactional buyer. You can show one maybe two houses to help them do a little bit of research. But right. past that, they need to be driving around, finding the neighborhoods, the grocery stores, the school zones that they want to be in. And when they get to the transactional stage, then we start going on showing.
1: Yeah, that's right. And and it's understanding people aren't going to like magically buy a house out of the blue. There is a reason, there's a life event. And sorting through uh, in a conversation, finding out what why they're moving is incredibly important. Uh, And discovering their timeline is incredibly important so it can help you direct your time efficiently. Because there are people out there that will just look at houses for fun and waste a ton of time. And so you've got to basically sort through that. I understand there's some customer maintenance in there, but we're going to sort through some of that stuff.
0: People don't decline showings or decline to show houses to to their clients because they're afraid that they're going to go find another agent who will. Right. But in fact, what your clients need from you is how to get more educated in the home buying process so that they know when they should be taking time to go do these showings. So that's your job, to educate them, to let them understand about what they should be looking for, the criteria they need to be considering. And then when it's time to look at houses, you're there.
1: Yeah. One of the things that I uh, am adamant about is that you really shouldn't be looking at more than five houses per day. Even if... Okay, you've got out of town folks like relocation, because sometimes uh, people are like, I want to look at these twenty houses, which is kind of uh, unreasonable. You know what I would do is, if it if it is a relocation uh, buyer, and I don't want to go down too far of a rabbit hole, but if it is a relocation buyer, um, showing them the towns one day and then going to look at five houses a day after that.
0: I've done the 20 showings a day <clears throat> before, um, not yeah. n- not super willingly, but done it. And trust me, you don't remember a single one of them. No. You have no idea what you saw, which houses had
1: the nice kitchen or the laundry room. You you don't remember. It's psychologically impossible to remember more than five houses a day. You're not going to be able to sort through it. It's, it gets muddy at number six and it's, it's proven, yep. right? It gets muddy at number six. So- And then you can't remember what kitchen was in what house at what location. And then what are we even doing?
0: I'm going to give you a scenario. Somebody's going to be like, oh, man, I just loved the soft close cabinets in one, two, three main street. And you're like, actually, that was in four, five, six West view. And you're like, so people don't remember. They get everything mixed up and then they don't know what they want to go back and see or what was their favorite. It's just it's too many
1: houses. Right. So what I tell them is like when we're going out and showings, I'm like, hey, here's how we're going to start. We're going to start with your top five. I don't care what location it is, and generally they're they're narrowed in on location because of school systems or whatever. So you're going to say we're going to pick the top five, okay, uh, that you want to look at, and I'm also telling them out of those top five that number one will probably be gone tomorrow, and then it'll be another top five, okay. So just explaining that uh, there are other people that are searching in the same category that they are. Right. Same area, same neighborhood, same whatever. And out of those five houses, the number one is the one that's going to sell the quickest. So just making sure that they understand how that part works. Yeah.
0: There's two things you need to do. You need to get better asking questions and you get better at listening. That's right. So you're asking questions to determine what their most important criteria are. And then you're going to listen when they tell you what it really is. That's right. Because they're going to tell you it's one thing, and then you're going to hear them keep referencing the school zones, and you're going to be like, I keep hearing you say school zones, but that was not one of your top five criteria. That's right. Let's work that in.
1: Uh, so, yes, one mouth, two ears, but ask questions and listen. Okay, so um, also the likelihood of that number one being in multiple offer and... Uh, so it's just the likelihood that they're going to sell. And sometimes they might need to wait, let that one sell. Uh, and then they're going to be that much more likely to write an offer the next day. And that's why it's like, typically you have to, you have to basically talk people through, Hey, when your mom and your dad tells you they went and looked at a hundred houses, that's a different world than we live in now. Mm-hmm. Cause we guess what we have the internet and mm-hmm. we've got, things that we can narrow down searches and we don't have just a big magazine with the front of a house in it, uh, on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like Newspaper. we have, yes. So we have, uh, a lot more detail. We can get a house. So we, you don't have to look at a hundred houses anymore. You really only should be looking at five a day. And then for you as the agent, by the time we get through day two of showing it, they should have made an offer. And if not, we need to completely reconvene. Okay. All right. Um, the other thing is, uh, talk them through the restroom situation because it's going to come up, okay? Because they're going to be like, uh, "I've got to use the restroom." So when I tell people, I was like at the very beginning, I was like, "Hey, um, on restrooms, you can use them." Uh, so, so you don't even have to ask; you can just go use a restroom in a house if we're looking at it. And uh, the other thing is, always have toilet paper in your car because uh, what happens if you go to new construction yep. and there's not any? Uh, so always have toilet paper.
0: Always the test the <laughs> toilets too, before you yeah, exactly, go before into you new construction, them. they may not flush. Right.
1: Yeah. That that's always embarrassing if it doesn't flush. All right. <clears throat> now setting the showings, this is one that it's a high level of customer service that you need to execute here, but you want to do printouts for everyone. You don't want to do it on your phone. Cause there's so many things going on your phone. It helps to have something physical that you can reference and that you can take notes on.
0: T- t- I was going to say, if you didn't take notes, um, there's nothing worse than someone saying, hey, uh, what was the square footage of this one? And you can't answer because you're fumbling through your phone. Oh, I don't remember. Or, you know, what's right. the HOA fee? I don't, uh, I don't know. Like have the printout, have all the information on there so you can say it's boom, yeah. boom, boom.
1: Yep. The other thing is like understanding the route and the distance between showings will help you set, um, will set, help you set the showings up properly or the right times. But here's what agents do that really, uh, it's so funny to me because they'll make their showing schedule so tight. Um, and you need flexibility you need flexibility if the showing was uh they're in and out and you need flexibility if the showing takes some time. Mm-hmm. So that's why so when so when agents go, I'm gonna do eight fifteen to eight thirty, eight thirty to eight forty five, eight forty five to nine, and then guess what? Your clients have to go uh stop by the gas station and use the restroom. And then you've got, then you've created a whole like sand in your microchip sort of situation, and it's like you want to create some flexibility. So what I do is, is most of the time, is thirty minute increments for showing the house, knowing that it's probably going to take ten to fifteen, maybe, and overlapping those. So I'll go uh, nine to ten, or I'm sorry, nine to nine thirty, nine fifteen to nine forty five. So I'm overlapping them to give myself that flexibility. Uh, because really we're going to be in and out in 10 to 15 minutes anyway, but it gives me that flexibility. And then every third showing, um, I give myself a little break, like a little 15 minute break because there's always going to be something that comes up. Yep. Okay. Um, and then go ahead and either circle or write the cell phone number of the agents on the sheets because it's inevitable. You're going to be running early. You could be running early or you could be running late. And so you need to make that phone call to make sure it's okay. And That's then right. if not, we'll we'll schedule a little break or Starbucks run or something. <clears throat> so, yeah, knowing where all that stuff uh, is in reference to the neighborhood or where you might have like a little bit of a, um, you could take a quick break if you need to uh, in, or in and around the neighborhood. So having that sort of like maybe oasis in that general area where you can stop off if you need
0: yeah, to. Yeah, while we're talking about little breaks, um, kind of ask some basic humanity type questions, right? So do they want a lunch break? Um, And if they don't, they may say, hey, you know what? We don't eat lunch. Well, you better pack yours because if you eat one, they're not going to want you to go take a lunch break while they're, you know, fumbling with their, um, you know, where they want to go next. So make sure you ask typical type questions like that.
1: And also I would have like snacks and toys, right, to keep in your car. Like sometimes kids, you know, you might need to have something for their kids to play with if they've got their kids with them. Um, cause it gets really boring for them. Um, but also having just snacks there. If somebody needs to go, it's like, oh, I'm starving or need a granola bar for yourself or for somebody else. Yep. Right. Okay. Um, all right. Staying on top of your navigation. So one of the things is like when you arrive at the house, the thing that you should do first, when, after you open the door is go ahead and set the location for the next place. The reason why is because you don't want to be waiting in your car because the service isn't is bad or something like that. Go ahead and set that next destination as soon as you walk in the house. OK, share that destination with the client and you need to create a contingency plan. Hey, if you're following me and you lose me or, or I would say, hey, I'm going to send you the de- each destination. Go ahead and log in your phone in case, you know, we get caught up in traffic and just meet me at the at the house. OK, so share that destination with them. Uh, and then make sure you have a cell phone holder for your car and a cell phone charger for your car because there is nothing worse than running out of, and it has happened, there's nothing worse than running out of juice for your cell phone and you forgot your car charger or, or you're trying to navigate like this because you don't have a cell phone holder. Those are just things that are very practical uh, to make sure that you have to have a successful showing experience because you don't want your phone to go dead while you're opening the key box.
0: Yeah. Most people aren't used to navigating to an unknown location while someone's following you yeah. and being stressed about how many houses you're seeing while you have to open doors in front of a, a crowd, like all these different things. Yeah. Be as prepared
1: as you can. The other thing is if you find one that they really, really like, okay. Uh, go ahead and call the agent while you're traveling to the next destination So that way you can add some information to them. It's like, hey, I talked to the agent about this property. Uh, It has another offer on it would be one of them. Or it's like, hey, they said they're offering, you know, this amount of closing costs. Just makes you look professional. Absolutely. Stay on top of it. Yep. Okay. Um, All right. When you um, go to the showing, this is what you do. Because a lot of agents, they think it's like, well, let me show them around the house and let me walk them through. Do not do that give them privacy here's your job as an agent you walk in you go hey uh this is uh four bed three bath 2,700 square feet and um been it's been on the market 30 days Yep. and then you go and then what your job is to do is so start looking at systems and uh the you know, particulars of the house, like uh, from a systems op- systems yeah. perspective.
0: If, if dad's come along on all the showings and he's asked at the first two what the age of the water heater and HVAC is, yeah. go look at the age of the water heater and the HVAC yeah. and come back and proactively tell him that. Um, that This is your job now. They're walking the house. They're talking to it. They're trying to fall in love with it. You're trying to go and get some basic information that they might want to know yeah. if they were to get to the point that they're going to make an offer. So, again, water heaters, HVAC. Is it septic or is it sewer? Um what the annual taxes are, all these types of things you can go collect while they're off, you know, taking a look at the beds and baths.
1: So one of the things that that I used to do because in, in Oklahoma when I was showing a lot, uh, Oklahoma does slab foundations, so they don't do crawl space very much, right? And so in those slab foundations, you they run the air conditioning vent ventilation underneath the slab. So what would happen is, if you found sand or rust in that uh, duct. Then they would require a scope and repair, and then you're typically going to find somewhere where the ductwork has failed yeah. if there's sand in there, or if there's rust in there. And what I would do is I would start opening those things up because I wanted to know on the front end if they like this house. Let's negotiate the offer on the front end so that way it's not a surprise during the inspection. That's right, because that's a, a could be a two or three thousand dollar fix, and I didn't want it to ruin the inspection. So it's like, hey, there's uh rust or there's dirt or there's sand in there. So I can tell you right now we need to go ahead and make them aware of it and that it's, it needs to be affixed if there's something wrong. That's right. Let me negotiate that on the front end. So, okay. Um, all right. Uh, but yeah, the, the idea is you're looking at those systems and let them have privacy and conversation and, and make them comfortable. And the best way to make them comfortable is by you leaving. Right, going to do your your stuff
0: if they have a question for you they're gonna say hey Brandon could you come here for a second or you know they're gonna ask and and they're gonna feel much more comfortable walking around with their family than they are with you you know puppy dogging them around the house
1: yeah I I always think it looks way more professional for you to be looking at the systems and the operational parts
0: and you could say look I'm gonna go take a look at a few things um on my own if you guys need me you know how to yeah, find
1: but, but you're looking out for them. Yeah. You are not getting caught up in the emotion. You're the one that's doing that. That's right. Due diligence for them, okay? Um so again, the other thing is like don't insert your thoughts about a property. You can ask them what do you guys think? But don't go back, this layout's weird or, yeah. you know, one one of the things that I did one time um and I think I hurt their feelings as I said, uh, boy, somebody's definitely smoked in here. And she goes, Oh, well, it just reminds me of the smell of my dad because her yeah. dad was a smoker. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh, God, yeah, I shouldn't have said that. Right. Yeah. And so I learned the hard way. It's like don't don't insert your thoughts or your opinions or whatever, because people have different, you know, viewpoints on things. Right. And so it may not be a big deal for them or they may like a weird layout. Yeah. But or if yeah.
0: All kinds of things can put you into trouble there. You're like, who would put this door here? And then it ends up being the house they offered on and you've now kind of said something Mm -hmm. that you didn't like about it. So just right. They'll ask you if you have an opinion (coughs) and if, if you do share it honestly, but just keep the interjections out. Right.
1: Um, the other thing is like, I I tell my clients, I'm like, Hey, look, we're going to keep three houses on the list, right? These are going to be, we're going to have our top three. Um, if we're not going to go beyond three, we're not gonna have our top four. We're only gonna have our top three. (laughs) So if you want to put one in the top three, the one of them has to come off. And that keeps everybody focused, uh, and, uh, focus on it. And, and it starts, so they're starting to make decisions, little decisions that lead them to the eventual decision to making an offer.
0: Most of the time they're going to end up with really a
1: top two. Right. That's right. It's going to be between one or two. So we don't go beyond that top three so we can eliminate, eliminate the decision. So we're not creating, uh, you know, a, a massive amount of decisions later. Okay. Um, but what I do tell them is like, hey, no, that number one property statistically is gone tomorrow. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, we're and the, the house that... Um, and, and the other thing is clients will be like, well, okay, we really, really like this house. We, lo- we love it. I think we love it. Well, can we go sleep on it? And then we'll call you tomorrow. And I say, look, the one you sleep on tonight and offer on tomorrow is the one someone slept on last night and is offering on today. So I said, so your best case scenario is go ahead and write an offer on it, tie it up in negotiation. If you decide in the negotiation part that you don't want it, then you can kind of move off of it, but go ahead and like, let's get something moving on it. If you really want the house, because if you don't, the likelihood is it's going to be gone. Yep. Right. You're not the only person out looking at houses. And so just make sure that you're, you know, you've communicated that expectation up front and so you don't sound salesy as a part of, you know, helping them make decisions.
0: There's obviously exceptions to this, right? Like the house has been on the market 60 days and you've talked to the agent. And there's not a lot of activity like, okay, yeah. maybe. But, you know, if the house has been on the market less than 10 days, chances are there's some interest.
1: Yeah, exactly. But ultimately, you know, having a plan, having a uh, a way that which you carry out the showings is incredibly important you know, as, as you kind of go out there and get out in the world of showing, because you know, again, you can waste so much time and really it's about, you know, if you're walking people through this, uh, uh, guide and, and they are pushing back on it, then I would sort of question if they're really serious buyers or not, because, you know, if you're really trying to accomplish something, right. You're trying to, to purchase a home and you've got a life event, right. There's no, there's no time to be wasted. Yeah. Right.
0: And one of the main reasons we even talk about this is your job as an agent is not to run around and write contracts and show houses. Yeah. It's to generate new business. And the more time you're wasting showing houses and doing the things that aren't getting you new business, the more time you're wasting. So it's important to talk about this. It's important to think about this because agents want to feel busy. Yeah. They want to feel busy writing contracts and showing houses, but they need to feel busy making phone calls and
1: generating new business easy to get distracted the other other reason that you have a system for this is because as your business grows you will run out of time no question going to have to delegate so if you've got a dialed in system of how this works then guess what you can give that system to someone else and they can execute on that system the way that you would have done it and then you can ensure the customer satisfaction yeah now the the other question might be is like well how do I do that without the clients feeling handed off? All you do is you bring that showing person with you to that first meeting and say hey this is Olivia she uh, helps me you know as we start to do showings because I'm not available all the time um, so she helps me with showings from time to time um, so uh, and then you can do it that way and then it's not a problem later.
0: The less information they have, the more they feel handed off. So if you tell them up front, hey. Just so you know, I have a showing assistant. I have someone that helps me with contract paperwork. I have this. I have that. You will encounter all of these people throughout the transaction. They're going to understand, yeah. like right up front. So if you show a house one time, but Olivia shows a house
1: another time, they're mm-hmm. going to say, oh, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, uh, what else as we recap? I think that's it. And we just need to talk about six-figure real estate school, new cohort. I, I know I said it at the top of the meeting, but just say again, we are having such great success with these classes, and they're they're really uh, fun. It's fun to see people take off right in their business, through. especially like during the class. <laughs> exactly. We've had a few
0: that are take off during the class. They've got multiple properties under contract or listed during the class. So. Yeah,
1: that that's always fun to watch that and to see them have that new belief level about their business. And so, one of the things that we're uh, dogmatic about in Six Figure Real Estate School is that um, we're not. Just educating you, or we're not just sitting you in a training class. We're giving you action items that are going to create results, and we're having an active conversation about your business while you're doing it. So that's a differentiator. That's what makes us different than a lot of these training uh, courses. Is that we are doing it now, and we're having feedback now. And so I'm excited about this next class. I would love for you guys to be in it. Uh, if you're interested, um, just book a discovery call, and that's going to be on the show notes as well that's right all right guys um great to uh do another episode thank you guys so much for your feedback thank you so much for liking and subscribing uh we'll see you next week bye